One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, my friend, I thought we would have another excuse to talk about all things PS5. Um, it's still, it's 11 p.m. for us in the UK <laughs> as we record this. This should be going up tomorrow, though. So um, hello, future people. Um, we don't know what the world's going to be doing in terms of reacting to the PS5. I'm going to assume that it's nice and positive because we've been super positive. Um, but That's yeah, we've a good point. I know. What if they I've not even looked at the general reaction. Where What if people don't like it? I love that. <laughs> so excited. That's, just, that's so exciting. He can't keep his headphones on. But he can talk about Resident Evil 8. Um, now, we ran down some games in our initial um, freak-out reactions. We did that for the first sort of... We literally sat down after the conference finished, and we just sort of freaked out for a few minutes and recorded it. Um, but we also have a list of all the games that were shown. And so one of the biggest ones is Resident Evil 8 uh, Village, apparently, um, which was has been rumoured for ages. It's all about werewolves and supernatural entities. Um, and they showed, they've confirmed the first-person perspective is returning, um, showed a bunch of gameplay. What did you think of that? I thought that looked absolutely incredible. Right, you know what? I might take a lot of flack for this because I'm, I'm not sure where I stand on this, Scott. Oh, I know they're, I they're off again, mate. They've gone. <laughs> Scott, Ben Roy, especially when he hears this, is going to go crazy because, like you said, we've covered the rumours on this and they mm-hmm. all turned out to be true. Even the werewolves, which I thought was BS back on. They look great, though. But they look great. Yeah, but it's just, it's such, you can tell this was originally a spin-off game that's been turned mm-hmm. into a mainline installment because it looks so different. And mm-hmm. I'm a fan, like I've, like I've always said, you know, of, of this series taking chances in doing something new. But mm-hmm. I was kind of watching it thinking... I need to know how this plays. I need to know more about it rather than just judging now because there are a lot of intriguing um, aspects about it. You know, the monsters look completely strange and weird. Mm. What the hell was Chris doing shooting Ethan's uh, bloody... Was it Maya? Mia Maya? It's Mia or Maya. Either way, is she gone? But what the hell was that? I freaked out at that because I was just like, we worked so hard to try and save her in Resident Evil 7. There's all the DLC. There's all the history of her. And I think she's like actually like a stars member or something. And then one, Chris is hench again. He's back to boulder punching form. And two, he just empties a clip into her face. And I was like, what the hell is that? Admittedly, how many times did Mia take a big beating in the first one? I'm pretty sure you axe her face off. It's one point very early <laughs> in Resident Evil 7. She's used back, to it. So. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Maybe. Uh, like, yeah, I just think I'm, I'm really excited to go online and see what other people, um, you know, how they're reacting to this because it mm. is so different. And I wonder whether people are going to go with it or be a bit cautious because I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I was not convinced by, because we didn't see much gameplay. It was very much, no. you know, like a CG trailer. So mm-hmm. I want to see how it plays. I want to see if it's as atmospheric as 7 because I love the first person style of 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they do with these wackier elements. Like, uh, well, I thought, um, speaking of the gameplay cutscene divide, I thought the vast majority was gameplay. I know they keep cutting to different stuff, but I thought it was all yeah. an engine. 
Well, I think it was, but I, like it's it's one of those where it was cut in a way where I couldn't tell if this was actually gameplay or mm. kind of like a CGI render of it that's been done in engine or something. You know, right, like right. the Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where it was like this is our gameplay reveal. Oh yeah, but it was yeah. shot from different angles and it was kind of heavily staged. So mm-hmm. I want to see it like you know properly in motion. I want to see like the moment to moment. But obviously, we've got plenty of time for that. I love mm. that it's coming um 2021 you know i'm pretty sure it was early 2021 i don't think it had a month but i think no they just said 2021 yeah but i mean that's it's been rumored for so long that and like like i said they're carrying forward the first person stuff there'll be some assets they can reuse from re7 it's just it feels like an extension of because re7 for me was like this smaller uh project like it was very focused i absolutely love the pacing in that game i thought it was just this immaculate package and it's like if you're going to do these smaller scale resident evils that you can sort of get through do one a year like they've done re2 re3 re8 and then do something else i think it kind of makes sense to do them more um considered now yeah, I think, you know what, that's that's funny, that's what took me by, by surprise, I think, because when I, you know, the rumors were saying that it was going to follow on in the style of Seven, and I mm. assumed that meant kind of like the locations, like, you know, the claustrophobic corridors, you know, this rundown shack or whatever, but this um, was kind of like grand, and it felt open, mm. and it felt like bathed in this kind of, you know, um, sunlight, you know, you've got like the snowy mountains and stuff, and it was mm-hmm. completely different aesthetically from what I was expecting, but you know, that's like, a good thing. I love that. Even though we had all of these rumors about it, and we knew the title for months. I was yeah. still surprised about what I sell, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, they look great. I mean, like I said, they're pivoting into let's do like different um, enemy types, like Resident Evil Seven had the molded. Um, I mean, even like RE Four. There's so many RE Four vibes in this, like the yes. sort of village that's been disturbed and what are they really hiding and the secret of all these people and they have all these traditions and things like that. And it seems like they're trying to hide this werewolf curse. And even when they reveal the werewolf form at the end, it's still kind of half human and it's all kind of wretched and twisted. But they couldn't have got further away from zombies. Um, but it's, it's not anything new. So no. No, it almost had like a Bloodborne vibe to it. Mm. You know, I was kind of going backwards and forwards on it, like the architecture and kind of like the enemy design, especially. And I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of Bloodborne, so I dig the hell Man. out of that. Yeah, that was, well, that was another thing that was rumoured that might have uh, shown up at the event, but I completely forgot about Bloodborne. Maybe they can sort of dive in and tick the box instead. Um, another thing that is Hugh Among Us is the next Horizon, um, confirmed title, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, they did a much bigger or more direct job of showing, like, look, this is our world in the future, um, which in the original Horizon, I still remember reviewing that game and uh, getting some uh, map coordinates. Um, you've got like, this sort of, um, these two sets of map coordinates that you can find in the game. And I remember punching them into Google Maps and realising that I was in the Las Vegas area and being like oh my god this is where it's all set this is this big deal um in the new one they just straight up show like the uh, the golden gate bridge and show that it's san francisco yeah. and show that you're going that way um you know so there is that but what did you think of the footage for horizon 2 yeah i mean i thought it like it was, it's another one that i kind of expected you know we mm. all expected to see it we heard rumors about like the motion capture for the trailer and stuff but yeah like the the environments especially i thought looked so lush and it mm. was the underwater stuff that really kind of got me adding that extra plane of exploration mm. and kind of combat and gameplay like see it i think it was the mechanical alligators or whatever yes. it was kind of like swimming Snap alongside you yeah. yeah 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 i just thought that looked um properly lush and i think that's going to be the big showcase for um the playstation 5 the first mm. big showcase you know the first big first party thing i know we've got spider-man but this feels like very much like a, a much bigger next step 
The thing that the thing that fascinates me with Horizon is that I feel like, for as much as they you know they planned it to be a series, they were always going to do at least another one or a trilogy. Um, the first game pretty much wraps everything up, apart from Silence eventually makes off with Hades, the the evil AI program or whatever. <clears throat> but in terms of like the plot beats that they sort of tease in this, um, it seems like you know they are repopulating the world. She has managed to kickstart nature; everything's regrowing. But like it's almost like the, the robots underneath are rejecting nature, and yeah. that's the thing that she needs to save. And I love that it's a continued conversation that's in the first game of nature versus nurture and can you force something to live better like all that stuff yeah. is great well i mean like the first game had that excellent thing about how it was like you know the, literally the end of the world it was like the apocalypse you know mm. like the entire ecosystem was just crumbling on itself and it had to be rebuilt and i loved the kind of apocalyptic shots we got on this you know of mm. like the red hues and every all of the kind of like monsters kind of like like you said rising up and stuff and mm. i i want to see the kind of the beautiful new world that's grown out of the old world that we saw on Horizon Zero One start to crumble again, start mm. to kind of become ravished by everything that's going on. I think that would add like a unique um, kind of dynamic between um, what you're trying to save and mm. what the world's turning into. If they do go down that route, like that would be Man, interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's all this stuff about like growth and sort of like, and they in the first one, it was like, how do religions form and how do cultures form and how do they go forward with that from nothing? And what are you taught and what do you pick up and what's preternatural? And I adore Horizon. And it was, there was that bit in the trailer for uh, Forbidden West where they show her sort of, uh, Aloy sort of scratch away some like kanji symbols or whatever. And then there's this big sort of old school, um, like Japanese, dragon sort of comes out of it and she uses like her hologram site to see that and i was like if you're going to start seeing remnants of cultural imagery then i love that being something that you can touch back upon and maybe show how they cross over and then it's like well which elements come back to the world like that's great i mean yeah like we, we've talked about it before but it's just such a fascinating premise to kind of uncover mm. the world in that way and some of the best parts of the original horizon for me was like you said you didn't really know where you were unless you punched in those coordinates i mean mm. i didn't because i have no idea where things are <laughs> in terms <laughs> of geography in america but um yeah like the kind of moments where you were uncovering um the culture that came before and the downfall of the society and stuff so yeah to go into this game and kind of you know, visualize some of the things that we have in our own world mm. and kind of see them come to fruition in this kind of um, story where she's kind of reclaiming that history. She's reclaiming that culture and she's using that knowledge to mm. help rebuild the current land to be bigger and better than it was before. Like, it's just, we've talked about this again, I keep saying we've talked about this before, but like Horizon has such like a deep, rich, again, unique mythology that like even if they did like you say wrap up a lot of the points there are still mm. there's still enough complexity to that world there's still so many things they haven't explored that i think they could easily jump into and give us something new plus as well like as much as you know before horizon came out it was like alo is going to be the next playstation mascot it's going to be this huge deal we're going to have on the front of all the marketing and as much as horizon is one of the best games of the generation i kind of felt like it, it kind of fell away after that it was like all of mm. our attention moved over to kratos and spider-man and whatever um but as soon as it came back with this it was like yep yeah, the, all these things are immediately recognizable and iconic and identifiable and you know you have like the robo dinosaurs her costume like they, they've stuck with yeah. the same one from the beginning of the first game so it's like this is what she looks like you know you can't customize but this is what we're going with and um, just all those elements were so great um demon souls uh remake totally true was crew all along the thing that blue point are apparently working on for all the different games they've teased um full-on demon souls remake now i had a friend text me straight away and say oh my god it's the sequel to dark souls um, <laughs> do you think that they're maybe going to just ride that out because it just said demon souls and then they can just be like well it's the next souls I, I think like like the the grandiosity of it and the way like Shuhei Yoshida came out before mm. and was like this is a 
There's a special it's near and dear to me. me. Yeah, near and yeah. dear. Like, I think they could easily do that. Obviously, you know, Demon Souls, for as much of a cult hit as it was, like, it didn't sell very well. It was a PlayStation no. 3 exclusive that, you know, a lot of people ignored until Dark Souls came out and then mm -hmm. everyone went backwards. But there are so many people out there who didn't have a PlayStation 3 who haven't been able to play it but have fallen in love with From Software's... Um, you know, from software's brand of gameplay and story. Yeah, brutally hard times. crap. And, like, I haven't <laughs> played um, Demon's Souls all the way through, you know what I mean? I've only mm. tasted uh, more or less the intro where you get your ass kicked in that first opening section. So mm. I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing to go back and play this in lieu of a, you know, Dark Souls 4 or a Bloodborne 2 or a Sekiro <clears throat> 2. Mm, I'm, I'm super, super curious what, because it's a new, it's obviously Bluepoint, it's not from software. Um, yeah. You know, you don't have Hidetaka Miyazaki, you don't have those original uh, devs. Um, it is one of those things where, like, can you nail the feeling of a Souls game? If Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. It's not from soft. It's the first time that's been done. Well, Scott, this is what made me extra confident because Bluepoint are really good. They're really yes. um, solid when it comes to remasters. They faithfully adapt things. And they've always said this is their biggest um, you know, project 
uh, that they've ever done, I think. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that they've said that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it, it was confirmed that they're co-developing it with Japan Studio, who yes. has who has experience actually on the original Demon Souls and on um what else did they, they help Bloodborne. with Bloodborne? Yeah, Bloodborne. They did help with Bloodborne. So you know, like I said in that when we were doing the predictions, um, you know, you've got a team there that even though it's not from software and even though it isn't Hidetaka and Miyazaki, you've got still the DNA of those games and people mm. who worked on those games who understand how they work to hopefully do this game justice and kind of bring it back. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious as well, like how much do you bring across from the evolution of Souls? Like for me, Dark Souls 3 feels really good. Like I love the feel of the first Souls. I always find that whatever your first From Software game is, is like your favorite one. But like the in terms of the, you know, the Souls formula has been refined over time. It's like, if you're going to go back to Demons, do you make it play like Dark Souls 3? Or do you try and go back to where things were and make it more blocky and a bit more awkward, but maybe oh. more rewarding? I've never thought about that because there are a lot of things that people, well... Even the dodge roll, like you can't even you yeah, can't even yeah. dodge roll in eight directions in the original. It's just like, it's four and that's it. Yep, like there's the multiple different um, ways to heal as well. I know you can buy those, I think they're pellets that get your health back and you can yeah. just buy them alongside the regular vials and stuff. So, there, so I wonder, like you said, yeah, because there were going to be a lot of people, you know, new to this game. There are a lot of people, mm-hmm. again, so excited. I'm spitting all over myself. It's very late. I'm sweating. <laughs> it's hot. I can't open a window. Um, but I wonder if they're going to like make it kind of more in line with the more modern souls to kind of mm. update the the combat in a way that would appeal to people who aren't used to that more or less you know what wanna first attempted this formula. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, if you, you know, I, I kind of want Demon Souls fans to like shout out. You can like let us know in the comments on uh, YouTube. Come find us on social media. I want to know what people want from a Demon Soul, like revisiting Demon Souls. Do they want the exact same experience? How harsh and unforgiving it was? Because I have a friend who went through Demon Souls and was like, "You have no idea." Considering you know, like how much they refined and, and perfected it going forward. Like, there's a reason Demon Souls kind of gets forgotten about because it is this awkward sort of like cumbersome thing, which is eventually rewarding, but you've got to put up with a lot. Um, but yeah, in terms of another uh, massive game, we touched upon this in the other video but there's a new ratchet and clank uh, rift apart um which i love as a showcase of the ssd technology i mentioned this in the other video but i love that they've just literally designed a game around ssd technology make something that literally sees you warping between completely different biomes over and over and over again i don't know if that blew you away as well but i just thought that was an insane feat of coding yeah totally i mean like the ssd obviously sony are treating it like a big thing because it is mm. a big thing but we've had a lot of kind of cautious articles come out to say that look this isn't technology that's going to be fully embraced by third parties because they're developing for i think the quote was the lowest common denominator so they're yeah. um, developing for machines that can't yeah like that can't um you know that don't have that same processing power but when it comes to the first parties they can go absolutely nuts with it and mm. i think that's what we're going to see you know we've got so many first party or even second party studios committed to making PlayStation 5 games mm-hmm. that we are going to get titles that make the most of it, like Ratchet and Clank, that are going to kind of, you know, um, what you call it, like champion it. Like when it comes to the, like, I don't think that's ever been a problem before. You know, first party mm-hmm. stuff always looks better on their respective consoles and always makes the most out of the consoles. I don't, I think it's kind of like a, a foolish thing to expect the higher end features to be across all third parties because that's yeah. literally never been the case in the history of video games ever. But like how much would that be such an insane step up? Like, yeah, like, you know, graphics always look better on the, the console they're designed for kind of thing, but you have a, a, a game that only works on PS5. Like this yeah. version of Ratchet and Clank can only handle these levels the way they're made on the PS5 just because of the way the SSD accesses the, um, the information that's on the disc. I love the idea of all those first party studios or even second party studios just experimenting with that. Um, and 
And so we didn't even uh, mention Spider-Man as well, which is a good pivot into that, um, because that's apparently coming holiday this year. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales just just dropping in two years in. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to know more about this because when mm. it first came up, I was like, is this a DLC? Is it a game? It's been confirmed that it is a game, but I wonder whether it's going to be like, obviously it's not Spider-Man 2, but I wonder if it's essentially going to be as big as a kind of like a Spider-Man 2, a proper follow-up, or whether it's mm. kind of going to be a stopgap before we get Spidey 2. And it, it makes me, I'm asking so many questions, Scott, because of course I'm looking <laughs> forward to this. I bloody love Miles Morales. I love him in Same. the comics. I love him in Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse I, I is the best Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I love him in the uh, the first game. I want to see that character develop. And I got very giddy when I saw this. And I love that they're committing to make a full game around this character. Because all of the rumors in the past few months about Spider-Man 2, the question has been, is he going to be playable? If mm. he is going to be playable, is he going to have a major part in the story? Are you only going to be able to play him in certain sections like you were in the original? So to come out and be like, look, we've got another Spider-Man game. We've got another Spider-Man. It's coming out this year buy a PlayStation 5. This is what we've been talking about in like podcasts as well. Like, mm. What does Sony have as a killer app? And I keep saying like Spider-Man is one of the most valuable um, IPs that they have. It's sold. Mm. I, think it's, I think it is now officially the highest selling um, uh, first party game on console. It's definitely up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like either, it's either one or two, one or, one or second best. Mm. So the fact that you have a Spider-Man game out alongside the console at launch like bundled together oh. that to me is like a system seller even though it's not properly spider-man 2 people are still going to go nuts for it that's another thing as well is is sort of changing the uh, the launch day curse because you know other than um super mario world uh, on the snares on the snes um or you know breath of the wild and you know other than breath of the wild and mario uh, world there are hardly ever any launch games that are genuine greats. It just doesn't exist. Even as much as we want to be like, you know, the next generation of consoles, you're always waiting in limbo for like one or two more years before the, the really good stuff comes along. And um, if they can break that and just be like, look, launch day, bang, Spider-Man, it works. You get a day one yeah. and it's one of the best games on the system for the rest of its life cycle. Then, you know, that makes best games of the PS5 a hard list to write multiple times a year. Honestly, right? I'm so, I'm I'm so jealous of every single young kid who gets to wake up on Christmas Day with a PlayStation 5 bundle with Spider-Man. That was my dream for about 15 years of my life until I turned 25, Scott Tilford. Why'd you get up on that dream, Josh Brown? You can still wake um, up on, on Christmas morning and play a bit of Spider-Man. I'm too old now. Me, ma- me man won't get me anything. You know, she'll get me some coal. <laughs> she gets you a modem instead. This the uh, the <laughs> media modem. Um, but yeah, I mean, calling it Spider-Man Miles Morales, makes it, it does make it look like a side story, like it's not the numbered thing. Um, but just in terms of that story going forward, obviously Miles is going to play a huge part in it, so it makes sense to do something more specific with him. Um, we can end on a handful of other small things, but we'll not cover them in as much detail. Um, one of them, though, was Ghostwire Tokyo finally got some gameplay and confirmed that it's first person, but it is Shinji Mikami's new game. Um, and it's kind of this like uh, you know recreation of Japan, very photorealistic, but then it has this underbelly of like demonic forces and different contorted, like people sort of um, become ghosts, look like regular sort of Japanese business people, but then they like contort and twist into other demons what did you think of the look of that yeah i mean i was excited when this was announced a few years ago but then i think the creative director left and it was kind of like internally uh, i was um akumi nakamura but i forget what her position was but like yeah she left after she came out yeah. and was just sort of wowed everybody at e3 uh, last year and then yeah she left but uh, shinji mikami's always been on board with it yes yeah 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 uh, and it's like obviously like yeah his studio Tangle Gameworks so I, I love the evil within the evil within yeah. too so I was excited to see what they would do next and this looks very weird and very strange and I'm up for that kind of horror cyberpunky weird ghost thing um, yeah. kind of experience I think that's coming 2021 
Something like that. I mean, I the release dates are a blur. I just know that very yeah. lovely things are coming very soon. Like everything that they showed, um, I talked about confidence in the other video, but nearly everything they showed always ended on, you know, holiday 2020 or 2021. Like you don't have very long to wait. Um, and that's always another thing that sort of stabs, you know, is always like a weird sort of bad aftertaste for most uh, conferences because you always have to yeah. wait too, way, way too long. That's a good point, man, because like, they could have easily come out. Because we, we know the likes of God of War 2 are in development. We know mm. Hideo Kojima is making a horror game. We know these games are happening because they've made too much money to not, um, <laughs> you know, be in production. They could have mm. came out and just showed us, uh, you know, a logo for God of War 2, but they didn't because they're focusing on things that you would assume you're going to get within the first year or year and a half. And that is more exciting because then you have a kind of framework to work with. It's mm. not going to be... It, uh, I mean, I hope, I hope it's not going to be like when they showed Dreams and then we got it seven years oh, later. God. Well, I mean, uh, Corey Barlog said that we wouldn't have too long to wait for God of War 2 because they already have, they've got the engine down. I mean, with Spider-Man, they've already, they've made their 116th version of New York City. So it's like plug different missions into it. It should be a quicker turnaround. Um, but yeah, another um, game that we can end on is Hitman 3, which I was not expecting whatsoever. And it had this, like you mentioned Cyberpunk, but there's like a synthwave vibe to the uh, trailer and he puts his collar up like in Blade Runner. And I was just like, what, this is the coolest SHIT I've ever seen on YouTube. Right, because there was kind of, I was a bit delirious, man. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was a bit delirious watching this. I, was, half I 11, didn't know where it? I was half the time, half 11. Uh, but yeah, there was, like there was such a kind of weird vibe to it. Like you said, a synthwave sort of vibe. When I saw this dude with like his color up, even though I knew it was IO Interactive and it had to be Hitman 3, I was thinking, is this is this something different? Is it John yeah. Wick? Is it what, what are they doing? What's going on? But then it was Hitman 3, and I was like, yes, you know what? This looks sick. And yep. sadly, I've, I've been sleeping on the um, recently rebooted Hitman games, even though I love the franchise. I, mean, I don't know why I've, got, I've not got around to them. I've played a bit of the first one because it was... P- PSA. No, no, just PSA, JB, and everyone else. The new Hitman games are the best ones you'll ever play, literally. Well, this is what I keep hearing, Scott. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the sale currently on PSN, so I'm actually going to go buy it and play it this weekend because this has finally convinced me. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's coming January 2021. Yep. Uh, they said it was like the end of this trilogy that they've made so i'm i'm in desperate need to catch up now so i can oh, uh, play this and it looks phenomenal yeah. just i mean just that whole story of io interactive like leaving square enix but maintaining the hitman ip and then sort of like going through like a bit of a lull and the you know the reputation was like sort of not as popular as it was and they managed to claw it back and then hitman one and two are just so like artistically creatively focused there's not a corporate bone in their body whatsoever they just want to make great hitman levels and great mechanics and ways to kill people in those levels you know the, the things that make hitman so much fun that sort of twisted sense of comedy and uh, humor that's in those games i love the new hitman games i know ben was <laughs> a huge fan too um but yeah hitman 3 was one of the other sort of giant um you know big games that was there but yeah there's a ton more to talk about we'll do uh, follow-up videos we've got more coming tomorrow i know ben roy and kirsten are going to do something more focused on resident evil 8 as well um, and we'll do things uh, throughout the week and um, for now though i've been scott from whatculture.com i've been josh from whatculture.com i will catch you guys next time bye, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.